Welcome to the Through the Grapevine podcast, brought to you by Nottingham Sellers, located in the historic Livermore Valley. Be sure to join our community on Instagram at TTG underscore podcast, and don't forget to subscribe as our message is only as strong as our following. Now, here are your hosts, Colin Craner, Jeremy Troop Mossy, and Jason Montero. Ladies and gentlemen, it's showtime. Welcome back to this two-part special of Through the Grapevine featuring Carl Wente. COO and Chief Winemaker at Wente Vineyards, we thank you for listening and your continued support. Over the past few seasons, we have seen our conversations progress immensely, and sitting down with Carl has shown us that together, our Grows Association and community of local winemakers are surely onto something. Whether we decide regionally that Cab Franc becomes a staple known to grow exceptionally well here, it seems that the resurgence has begun. Ever since sitting down with Brandon Cardwell and being introduced to his flywheel, there has definitely been a theme to this season with the idea of regional maturity, sustainability, and innovation. You will notice that we mentioned the regions of Loire and Sonoma more in this episode. While even regions like these have varietals that they are known to grow exceptionally well, the regions are quite vast, and to pigeonhole farmers, winemakers, and hospitality professionals to a single claim would be a disservice to all the wonderful potential of the region. While Sonoma is primarily known for its ability to produce world-class Pinot Noir and Chardonnay, it is also a region that grows Zinfandel, Cabernet Sauvignon, Riesling, Gewurztraminer, Merlot, Sau Blanc, and many more. What places like this have collectively chosen to do is focus on farming and making the best wine possible that express their regional terroirs and typicity, and in part, the focus then becomes on what else the region is made up of, food, travel, amenities, and adventure, right? Making great wine is a prerequisite of sorts. It must be done in order to push for regional maturity and establish ourselves as a destination worth traveling. So let's get it. Being a two-part episode, there are a few items that have already passed us, one being the vote on Measure P. Over the past 10-plus years, Livermore locals have been fighting for this Bankhead Hotel that was promised to so many people and local businesses, and because of people like Unify Livermore and our local council members and mayor, we as a community have band together in a way that is inspiring. Yes on P ended up winning 13,171 votes to a mere 6,700, or 66% of the votes. I'm not one for political correctness, but that's a proper ass-kicking. It feels good to be associated with a community that seems to be on the same page as one another. And going back to Brandon's episode, this speaks to the flywheel and winemakers coming together around a regional staple, a boutique wine country hotel and a community base that is looking into the future is all added fuel to our flywheel. Good work and congrats to the many people that made this possible. But... We aren't done just yet. There will be a final vote cast in November that serves as merely a cherry on top. Before we get rolling again, I wanted to touch on a few things happening here locally in the news. Paul Halverson and his team over at Story Coffee are working on a new spring menu that is going to blow your minds. I stopped by yesterday and was a lucky recipient to the Story Coffee waffle, and let me tell you, it made me feel a certain type of way. I cannot wait to see what that menu becomes. Just across the road over at Range Life, they were visited by Check Please, a local program showcasing the Barrier's best restaurants. Additionally, Diablo Magazine has nominated them for a Best of the East Bay Awards that requires us to vote. So log on to their social platforms for more info on how to get involved. Let's continue to pull that Bay Area spotlight on things going on over here in our neck of the woods. Livermore's Downtown Street Fest is set to kick off May 16th and 17th. Our own Colin Craner is excited to be a part of the planning committee putting together what we hope is the best street fest yet. I mention this because we kind of mess up the dates a little bit within the episode, but let's set it straight. Lastly, we want to thank your community that has made this podcast a success thus far. 
We built this platform because we saw a need for a communal voice and have been truly humbled by the response. We don't claim to always say the right thing, but we are genuine in our approach, confident in our delivery, and most importantly, receptive to the many perspectives that have graced this podcast. We are simply hosts to a platform that we hope can house a communal identity, and it is because of great guests and even better listeners that we have been able to keep pushing. Because of people like Rafi over at Range Life, Hillbilly Nancy, Helena at Happy Acre, Madeline, Jackie Mancuso, the McCann family, Amy and Brian Wingen, Alex Wolf, Alvin Liu and the Love Livermore ladies, Savannah Nakoa, and many, many more, we have been able to make a little bit of a difference. Our message is only as strong as our following, and that's one strong-ass list of people right there that I'm very, very happy and humbled to be associated with. But that is enough of me blabbering away. Let's get back to the show. So sit back. Relax as we jump right back into the conversation with Carl Wente here at the Advanced Creative Studio. I know. I'm happy you came out and said it, man. Joan Seppala. <laughs> Shit. Um, yeah. Ooh. So, but while we're, you know, so we just got done talking about Measure P downtown. Let's stick downtown for a little bit and lighten it up. Colin, in, you know, in relation to these, you know, little subcommittees and things going on, you most recently kind of took on a project in the downtown street fest working with, you know, fellow uh, fellow winemakers and, and, and wineries. But can you kind of speak to what's going on? What, what might that become? Something new for? Sure. So Livermore downtown LDI. So there's a couple things, right? Uh, the uh, unfortunate to bring it up, the Gilroy Street Fest, right, was yeah. one of the you know tragic things that took place last year, and this is the first like festival in California since that's happened. So there's some like just general oh, looking at how things go differently. Uh-huh. You know, we kind of had an open door, gate, open gate policy, walk in, walk out, and there still is going to be that. We're just going to shrink the footprint a little bit. Uh, keep everyone a little safer. Um, security's up and all that kind of thing. But in all, in general, too, people, uh, you know, we the the thing has evolved over the last couple of years. Um, we started with some pop ups and some things like that. Different wineries had different pop ups. Uh, from there, it, it just kind of evolved. And where we're at right now is there's you had to kind of stay within your segment. If you're at Nottingham tasting, you know, you couldn't also have an Altamont beer at the same time, mm-hmm. or you couldn't have a Wente Sal Blanc at the same time. You had a rag bag rosé right because everybody had their own little independent areas um so the way we're going to kind of set up for the majority of folks that are coming is to have like beer and wine gardens make it more communal have live mm-hmm. music in front of those venues yeah. um so people can you know hang out and you know be with their family and not you know i want a glass of wine i want a beer split up and separate out like that and just make it more fun mm-hmm. right you know wines by the glass as opposed to like trying to get through a flight of tastings while there's music in the background a lot of people around yeah. Yeah, yeah. just it's a fun festival feel um in addition to that we're also going to launch something new wente and uh stephen kent winery and nottingham sellers are going to partner with uncle Yu's name to be determined but kind of a cabernet grand crew flight uh with nick um coming up with some some pairings and we're going to do that on the patio. There's going to be a couple sessions each day. A couple sessions on Saturday, one on Sunday for sure, maybe a second to be determined. So there's still some things in the works. But I'm um, just looking to, looking to you know, modernize the, the festival event, right, as things are going. And we're trying to step our game up hospitality-wise, step our game up winemaking-wise, all those things. 
we want our downtown street fest to kind of showcase the best of the best and so this will offer an awesome experience for everybody coming whether you want to just hang out and party or you want to go sit down and yeah. learn a little bit about the valley and, and have a nice food pairing from one of the best chefs in town mm -hmm. so. And when you're not winemaking, you're off, even before winemaking, you are someone who I've learned, like, you're a creator first and foremost, right? So uh, music is something important to you. Yep. Um, we kind of talked about, you know, why you know why are the things we do be at an outbreak? You know, why are these good to the community? Um, but as a creator, as a musician, as a winemaker, why do you enjoy these downtown street fests? What do they do for your region? Oh, it's just bringing people together and showing off what we do and yeah. communing and hanging, right? And mm -hmm. I think creating the different experiences and whether it's just walking around with a cold beer and watching some music or going through a wine flight, but it's just, it's showcasing, right? And I love showcasing what we do and having outside people come in and spend money in our shops and our downtown and our restaurants and the likes. It helps high tide raises all shifts, right? I want our business community our chamber of commerce to be successful because mm -hmm. that's what makes community successful right not looking to be something we're not but we want to drive that recognition have people come out and you know thanks rochelle and live more downtown inc and you know just the various organizations the wine growers association which puts on good events the tri-valley conservancy which puts on good events you know there's just various various things to do out here and i just love showing it off and I love wine and I love live music. Correct. Can you can you speak to your musical? Uh, how, how many instruments do you? You prefer the strings, but do you, I mean, what else? Do, what else do you get down on? Prefer the strings. Nothing. Like I can play percussion and you know mess around on that front. Mm -hmm. Um, but. No, it's mostly strings. It's mostly guitar, but mess around with the ukulele. You can definitely play the bass a little bit. Um, pipe up and sing a little. Yeah, you I, just, I mean, yeah, yeah. no one's accused me of being a good singer, but like I love singing, <laughs> yeah. right? It's just it's a joy, and like I do it. I'm like I can back up sing just fine. Me grabbing my guitar and walking out on stage alone, like just gives me anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> it's like just sing. I like it. It yeah. frees the soul. And then like, when it's your song. You can do whatever you want. Man. That is right. That's a little freedom there. So, I mean, how often are you? Uh, I mean, there's a couple Wendy events where you expect to see the uh, the front port drift, the front front port. Wow, let me just start over. Where there are a couple places where you can see the front point. I can't. Just, I, I can't get it out. Fuck it. I won't even edit that out. But how often can we expect the brand? Front, like, you know, porch. Man, drifters. that was just couldn't so, spit that out. So my band uh, is called the Front Porch, there and that's oh, really sorry, that's right. No, no, it's cool. The Front Porch, and we sit on my front porch and just make music and just collaborate, right. and it's really just about that campfire circle that's just hanging out. And then Wolf Hamlin came along, and he is a very talented songwriter, and he and I are co-writing partners. And then it's now it's Wolf Hamlin and the Front Porch Drifters. There it is. So it really oh, just sort of morphed yeah. into that. And so not playing a huge amount these days, but over the years, man, we played a lot. We did a tour in Belgium and Holland playing honky-tonk country right. music. We played South by Southwest all up and down the West Coast. So we've done some fun stuff. And right now, a little bit hiatus. And so I'm just, like, enjoying my time with my guitar. And, like, I had two guitar lessons last Saturday with two different really talented people. And it was just, like, fun, like, getting back, like, that itch mm -hmm. to pick up. I want to practice again. You're right. Nice. I think we all wish we could play an instrument, assuming if, assuming you don't. But, like, can you get that blue? Are you like that blues riff, man? Can you get them fingers strumming? A little I mean, bit. A little not, bit in there. There's just ah. people, like, I, uh, I'm regularly around musicians that are way, way, way better than me, and that's the best way to live, right? I like skiing with people that are better than me. I like hanging out with people that are, you know, so you just learn and you go. So I'm just, I'm an aspiring guitar player and mm -hmm. just, you know, want to be able to get better and to go. All right. All right. Well, he's being modest. We've seen him hold, know, hold down man. a show, guys. He, he reaps up there, so. 
Um, it's a showman up there. Yeah, dude, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah, feeling good. All right, we got we got that out. I'm excited to see what Downtown Street Fest becomes. Kind of digressing back to what. Yeah, what and when that throw, throw the dates out, Colin. Oh, uh, 16th and 17th. I was gonna say 15th and 16th. So uh, second, second weekend in May, May middle of May. Um, um, Saturday and Sunday surrounding right, right the 16th here. of May. Some <laughs> my notes of things to do that yesterday, works. and kind of uh, coinciding no, with a, put it in. a mural festival that's middle, going on and whatnot. So, but yeah, is a mural festival happening in the same lot where it was last time? Um, so he is vent- yes and no. The street fest is kind of where it, the mural festival ends. Yeah. Um, but it'll the first two weeks of May between the street fest and the mural festival, like that that's what's taking place. Gotcha. For that fourteen days, so um, he will continue. Trent Trent Thompson will continue kind of pump out some uh, some fun details and whatnot. But if you haven't heard about the mural festival, I'm sure you will. Um, Outbreak mural festival. It's been a, it, it's going to be a good one. Helping just kind of recreate what 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 it, what it looks like. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch gears a little too. Um, just going back to quality council things of that nature. I know this is a hard pivot here. Sorry, listeners. Yeah, I mentioned that Growers Association, we were out. As of late, we rejoined. Um, Go ahead. Okay, keep I thought that was like a, a little cough, man. That oh, stopped the whole podcast. No, no, no. I, was, I, I thought it was a don't go there. Oh, uh, no, gotcha. no. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, actually very excited to be rejoining. Um, as Carl mentioned, there's going to be four subcommittees committed to different uh, different facets of what we need to do between government uh, affairs and Mount Diablo Islands, name change, quality, and authenticity of the region. A marketing and strategy committee and then a diversified revenue place like these are all things that are really going to help us and i am happy to get back involved and uh be you know just uh in the game we are it, happy it, that you are back sir yeah yeah it's a good deal man i'm excited and then like it, the, honestly the, the reason we're back is like there's there's like this is some reasons to get back involved and uh as we've always talked about yeah like we know the quality's there but like People are chugging along and right. looking like we're heading in the right direction. Feels so good. Feels real, real good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a little side segment. Sorry. Oh, I sorry, I have it here. Actually, I had it here to t- you know to talk about it because um, like he's said, just saying that. Hey, there grows association with an arrow with uh, nothing, nothing after the arrow. I was hoping, but <laughs> no, it's a. But we've been we've been loud and proud about what's been going on in the past you know year and a half, two years in our camp. So one thing that we are transparent about is bringing perspectives in and talking to folks like Carl went to here. You know, so you talk about terroir. So we're not afraid of the conversation. We we invite it. And and with that said, let's keep having it. Kind of, one of the things that's going on now, um, kind of one of the themes of uh, you know what this documentary is to become, is just passing of the torch as well. Kind of up there in the you know in that generational, you're, you're one of the first to get the torch passed to you. But what does that look like to you? What does that landscape look like to you um, in terms of maybe a, a few people you're excited about, um, some things that you see might be changed? Um, but like what you know, what exciting you about passing the passing of the torch there, generational shift? I feel like I'm right in the midst of. Uh, Right in the midst, right? I'm 42, and I've got great opportunity in life with uh, the family business and trying to keep that going, but I'm so excited now with my three cousins. My cousin Nikki is just doing a great job farming grapes, learning everything she can from Julio Covarrubias, plus learning everything she can from Keith Roberts, plus collaborating with the two winemakers that work for me and myself. Right, it's just fun to watch her and the, her hunger and her passion. I know she's been on this podcast before, so the listeners out there uh, might have got to hear her yeah. and her passion comes through, a passion of her dad. And the first song I ever wrote was called Phil's Head. And my Uncle Phil, because he has such a visionary, like the way that he sees the world, like he can look out at our cattle ranch and sees a golf course. 
Yeah, and then 10 years later, there's Greg Norman's first California-designed golf courses on our property. Or he looks out and he sees the Sacow Hills, which is our cattle ranch. And the, or it's not not our cattle ranch on the Sacow Hills because that was Mr. Danny Sackow's and the Sackow family. It's now a partnership, but then right next to it. But he looks out there and he sees vineyards. And a few years later, there's vineyards there. So that fills head and the visionary. And it's so cool to see Cousin Nikki having that and taking that up. And then my cousin Jordan, Phil's oldest, is working on our supply chain, project management, new product innovation, and new product development group. And then our cousin Allie, their sister Allie, is used to work at Constellation as brand manager for Robert Mondavi. So she went out and learned some good stuff. And then she comes back, and she's now our senior brand manager for Wente Vineyards. Mm-hmm. And she's doing a great job. So it's fun right, to have the family and have them here. And then also just on the winemaking side, when I got here, Claude Boba and Brad Bueller that uh, Colin definitely knows very well, both of them, were here driving the ship. And they've there was... Brad had the same 45 vintages. Claude had 25. And so there's, you know, a whopping 50, 40, 50 right there of just their experience. No, more than that. Sorry. Yeah, 60. 60. 70. 70. 45 and 25? Yeah, Yeah, that's a lot. So 70 vintages leaves in one year. And so it is about bringing in the, the next generation. The Andy Lynch, the yeah. Elizabeth Kester, two great winemakers, and also Alex Ball, Alex Ball Lynch, who is uh, part of that team. We've just got a good group of people. And so, like, I feel like I'm in this tweener stage as a half a generation older, and I'm now 21 vintages in. Like, I feel like a kid. I act like a kid sometimes, but like 21 <laughs> vintages in, there's so much to learn. And, you know, I don't want to grow up, but maybe if I did. You know, you lose that that novice wonder of how cool it is to grow grapes and make wine. So I'm still in this tweener stage. So I feel like I'm still getting the torch passed to me, and I'm trying to pass the torch to everybody and anybody that wants to listen. And it's that high tide raises all ships. And the first 10 years of my career was... <coughs> Just kidding. <laughs> So the first the first 10 years of my career was make better wine, make better wine, make world-class wine, just that pursuit of all of it. And then the next five was develop people, develop people to help you in this pursuit. And now it's just that continuing to develop the team and work with the team and leverage the potential out of our vineyards all the way through. So it's been a fun journey. And so I don't know where I am in terms of receiving a torch versus passing the torch, but I want to be part of the high tide that's continuing to raise all ships to make Livermore Valley slash make Mount Diablo Highlands Appalachian a place to be. I want the hipster in Brooklyn to say, do you have a do you have a Mount Diablo Highlands Cap Franc on your list? Or you go through the country where people are like, it's a place to be. It's a destination. It's known. Like we've got great luthiers that are making instruments here. We have great people that are making films here. We have great people that can do production studios and recording. I just walked into the studio where we are right now with that blank screen where you can do commercials and do stuff. Like there's creative, cool people. We're, we have a building food truck culture, right, where you can get good food a la Austin or a la Portland. Not quite there, right? But at the same time, it's continuing to build. So it's a good place to be. And I just want the, the tide to keep rising where we keep our community character and who we are. But also evolve and change. And, you know, we have a saying in our wine growing operations is we reserve the right to get better every day. Right. And so, God forbid, we evolve and get better every day. There we is. There right it is. Um, has there been a significant you, you, you've mentioned Uncle Phil a couple of times. Is there a significant uh, Wente family member that you maybe spent a little more time with just throughout, you know, growing up? Like, can you speak to uh, 
what the family dynamic was and when when you kind of figured like I think this is something that you know that that I'll do yeah so I just still don't know um and I'm still figuring if this is something I'll do and I'm 20 years in right yeah. but that's the sort of the novice the zen mind beginner's mind that I try and bring to it but you know Phil's head that was the reason I wrote that song and it's just like I want to there's a point in life where I was saying I wanted to execute the genius in Phil's head right of what's going on and and how much vision he has but also his passion about wine right and his passion to push me to be a better winemaker right he knew he knew you could get better right and, and as an artist if you you make a wine a whole vintage mm -hmm. and like it's painful sometimes if uncle phil says no i think we can do it better mm -hmm. but it, it's also hunger for mm -hmm. i know he's right in some semblance like this was a great wine and you go back to the 2009 southern hills cabernet like it was a solid wine but i knew it could be better and then you just you know so phil's been great about knowing like he's a bon vivant he appreciates good things in life he appreciates that glass of wine like nobody else i know he appreciates looking out like he's never his head's never down he's always reading books and he and i have a like an internal book club so i'm constantly learning from him but I think so. Phil, Phil has definitely been the most influential out of all of them for me, out of yeah, out of my whole family for me. That's cool. Phil, uh, you know, one thing, um, you know, you mentioned you guys are in winery number thirty, right, in California. Yeah. Um, here in Livermore Valley, you guys are clearly number one, right? Cool thing about Phil is, like, yes, he's this visionary, and he's you know done so much. The South Livermore Plan, San Francisco Bay, Livermore Valley, nameless. I mean. Uh, the vineyards you mentioned, the development you mentioned, golf courses, all these things. But he's still such an accessible guy. Mm -hmm. I remember we were two years in, and I, like, sent him an email about some Grenache, like, just asking about the history of Grenache in Livermore Valley. And he gave me, like, a 50-year breakdown, Yo, like, right. multi-paragraph thing. And I had, like, met him one time saying hi at Zephyr. Like, he was like, eating dinner, and I introduced myself, right? And he was right. cool then. And right. uh, accessible. And the other thing, too, is, like, you know— winery number 30 that's still pretty big like phil's hopping out the 91 chevy uh flatbed, flatbed with some right. shit kickers on and a big ass belt buckle you've mentioned right. that and in, in prior episodes that's a real dude, thing by the way i, I, that I is saw the phil shit in the flatbed that makes, that's, yeah that's a like, real dude. thing like and you know shake hands shoot the shit for a little bit and like it's nothing like that right. so I've always, yeah, feels real cool like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of been my main so much to, so much I've learned and to learn from Phil with that mm -hmm. accessibility, that humility, and <clears throat> that curiosity. Yeah. Right. I think those are cool. sort I of think things. Last year when I was, uh, I was planning for Taste Art Tour, I texted Carl um, just a, a question about hey, vineyards planted, something along the lines of that. Um, he gave me an answer, but he was also like, you know, let me connect you with my uncle Phil, who I who I still have not met to this day. I've seen him in his flatbed. That's real. Ninety that, that you know, he drives around in the uh, yeah, with the shit kickers on, and I was like, cool, that's super cool. And I sent him a text message, you know, a little short and sweet. Hey, planning for this? Can I just get a bit of information? He just like gave me far more than I needed and far more than I expected. It's like, like he got excited like, that you were asking. It you was, know? I like, was yeah, like, he's what? like, hell yeah, fuck yeah, shit, and, you know. And you learn to feel like I didn't know that, and I, you know, it was a. Uh, how is uh how is uncle phil i mean is he loving this antho pursuit is that like was that new to him when this all came online or yeah i mean it was new to him in terms of you know the real time specifics data. and the yeah. real time data but it wasn't in terms of the luscious mid palate yeah yeah because right? he, he likes, was the one he on likes that, right? that. like yeah. he likes that and so he's on that and he is just like 
that push, that pursuit. Like, no, like, and you, you know, I thought it was a nice wine that I made and it was there. And it's just like, no, I have, I have, I drink wines that have a way better mid palate than that. I'm not going to say that's yeah. like, it's good. It's solid. But yeah. I know there's better wine out there. Like, that's the pursuit. That's the N plus one on the nth degree. And so he's very much, uh, He's the yeah. He's been a very big push of I know it's possible. Thus, figure it out, right? Okay. It's because yeah, 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 yeah. Trial and error a little bit, right? Trial and error, yeah. and I know what phenomenal mid palate wine is, and I know we could do it here now just because we haven't done it now. Know how to get there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the if no one was pushing, I'd be like, oh, it's right. good enough. It's all like it's fine. Or you don't like, what you don't know what you don't know, right? Don't know yeah. what you don't know. Crazy. Um, We've been talking about an ele- the idea of an elevated experience. You know, the best version of that looks like for you, how it fits in here. Um, you know, when we go to Napa, it always seems elevated, even as you're just driving in. <laughs> it's something like the crosswalks are elevated, you know, but the, the whole, the bigger picture. But um, what is that? What what do we look like, you know, after we get our hotel five, ten years down the road? What what does an elevated region feel and look like? To, I mean, more wineries, more, you know, I mean, more wineries, more phenomenal wines and just more phenomenal experiences. Right. And so we're, you know, we're moving the Wente Vineyards to Arroyo Road, right? Like the face of what we're doing over at our Royal Road property where we have our vineyard tasting lounge doing food and wine pairings and where our club releases will be and the likes. And so we because we have more space over there and we want to elevate the experience. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I was up at Three Steves this week. I was up at McGrail this week also. Uh, Stopped by Nottingham earlier just trying to find where the hell to do this podcast, right? (laughs) But it's just like it's getting in with everyone and them, everybody having their own experience Mm -hmm. and having a cool spot, right? And we're not far away. Wood Family Vineyards is right over there. Um, There's a food truck out there a lot. There's live music there a lot. There's just like cool stuff. And that's just the overall elevation of the experience, not chasing uniformity. There's no set rules for this. I love the diversity, Mm -hmm. right? I love the places that there's still like the old barn that you go into. You're like, this is not elevated. No, but it's authentic, right? And so that's cool too. But but also the fact that we can have world-class food and wine pairing experience at some of the places. So I like that choice of words, authentic. Authentico. Right. We probably probably don't use that enough as we're Well that's why when Steve set up the quality the quality subcommittee, he changed it right away. He didn't ask anybody, he said he changed it to the quality and authenticity committee. I think that's I mean that's important because like what what is what is what is authentically Livermore Valley wine? I won't I won't step in and try and say what do you think we can be? We can be anything we want to be, and uh, it's about the being true to yourself, being true to the style. He's trying to tell you to stop clicking your pen. Oh, sorry, <laughs> fuck. But I'll just say it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's, it's being true to the vineyards and what's there and the true to the style of what you're looking to make. Mm-hmm. Right? And so there's, like, I don't know, and we spend a lot of time with our organization if we want to have authentic wines. It's like, I do too, but authentic to me is varietally typical it has a sense of place and it has an elegance and balance to it like an intangible artistic thing on top mm-hmm. showcases that spot showcases whether, whether that it's spot. livermore valley or Sockow vineyard or you know right I mean? but yeah. and the varietal right because yeah, Sockow cab franc i'm not trying to make it like Sockow cab i'm not trying to make it like Sockow merlot right yeah so all of those things as it comes through so it's a good question of what is authentic and i think authentic in so many regards being true to yourself 
but how you're true to yourself if you're managing the team. Mm -hmm. Well, the authenticity of the team. And again, you set out those goals, varietally typical, sense of place, the vineyard shows through, and elegance and balance. And that's our three-piece yet. And in the middle of it is yummy. Mm -hmm. Right, so you still want to make yummy wines. Like that's a drive towards the authenticity because it plays to the vineyard, it plays to the grape itself, and then it plays to the artistic touch. So speaking to, I mean, to, the goal is yummy, right? And you know, so maybe maybe our regional identity doesn't um, revolve or, or or just you know depends so much on what the varietal may be. That's from my uh, standpoint. That's true, right? right? So if and we kind of talked about if we're at Sonoma, if we're the Loire Valley, and we can be anything from Cab Franc to Sauvignon Blanc to the you know to Muscat, you know, the far west end. If so, if it's not a varietal, then you know, what might it be then? What are we trying to? What are we doing right now? What are we grasping for? We're grasping for yummy good wines that are world class good mm -hmm. by people that taste a lot of wines from a lot of regions. Say that is intangible that has it but again sense of place and that place is the vineyard or the block and then the varietal right so if it's cab franc you want to be cab franc and then elegant and balanced and there's many ways to have balance right we've had two cab francs today and they're different styles but they're both good wines right they both have a balance to them through and through is this what's in this what's in our left bank i think it's merlot heavy yeah. It's, it's, it's Merlot Heavy, Cab Franc. <coughs> Merlot, like, Cab Franc, Cab like Sauv. You know, so that's Centimillion, Left Bank. It was actually, uh, well, we, we, I visited this winery. Yeah. Nice. But, you know, this so it's, yeah. it's they're, all three of them are authentic. All three of them have Cab Franc, and all three of them have their sense of place. Agreed. And then so now, and all three of them, and I think this is part of the pursuit and the humility, and I think all three of them, you're like, you always think, how could you do it better? How could you adjust? How could you have that in terms of that sense yeah. of place, varietal <clears throat> simplicity, and that elegance and balance? But at the end of the day, it's about yummy. And when I'm in a cynical mood, and we just opened our third bottle of wine, I don't think it's noon yet. Um, when I'm in a cynical mood, I say that we as winemakers, we're in the oral pleasure delivery business. Right, because we want to yeah. put something in your mouth that feels good. You're like, ah, oh, I want that. I want that again. Like that feels good. And so it's the flavors, it's the texture, it's the mouth feel, all of those things. And that is sort of the yummy at the end of all of it. But you want it to be yummy, sort of with an authenticity. And that authenticity is again that place and that varietal brings some authenticity to it. But then the authenticity is also the human. Right, that human that is putting the touches on how those are coming together is driving what that elegance and balance could be. Mm -hmm. For those listening, we've talked a whole lot about regional maturity, regional identity. I think it's one of the most important things when we're all working, you know, wherever we are, right? So you can be making best decisions towards whatever that, you know, whatever that identity is. With this said, though, like I'm pr like I'm 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 not of the mindset. And as we're sitting here talking, like it's not about a varietal. How do I put that? If I'm a marketer, how do I market that? Right, because I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Sense of place, typicity, yummy. That's what's important. But how like what what are we marketing? What are we marketing here? Why do people come here? Because while that's what everyone's looking for, it's not the it's it's tough to wrap it up, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, think, yeah. how do we wrap it up? How do we wrap it up and package that? What is it? What are we? And we're, I and I don't think about quality and authenticity. Okay. No doubt about that. Yes. Yeah. And, and that, that's the place to start. Sorry. Okay. No, no, no doubt. Now that's uh, that's where I'm at. Like I mean like you said, I mean, we got so diverse for a small winery. Like, I mean, you guys have a lot more bandwidth, right? So you could spread things out, different brands, a little easier than like, you know, and I got, I got to like 26 SKUs of all kinds of shit. 
It's a right. lot. It's a lot of labels and a lot of capsules and a lot of glass All and that. a lot of managing the inventory and a lot of figuring out when you're going to club ship it. And, and, blah, blah, and blah. like, it's just a not, lot. And, and like, I, I, I felt like we were making good wines every single time for the most part. Everybody has their, you know, the one that you over oaked a little or you, yeah, right. you know what I mean? Whatever. But in general, like, yeah, pretty solid stuff. And like, to be like, if you were to take a route, I feel like I could have gone multiple directions and been really really good at something mm -hmm. I, yeah god i don't know I, I just feel like uh the the hardest part is taking that to the game and then getting like you know economies of scale in place and, mm -hmm. and like working one piece right gotta figure yeah. out how we can all work one piece it, it's That's, focus yeah. focus makes a difference no yeah. doubt right because there's how many people in the history of your career here colin have walked away with every skew that you have available reword i'm sorry stay so how many people have walked into your tasting room and say, and said, and I'll take one of everything yeah. you have? Oh, fuck. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. Right? They choose four. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they choose one and they get six of them. Maybe they choose four and get two each. Maybe they, but like, right. and there's something about that focus and then driving that focus as yeah. well. So. And, and at the same time, like, I came into the game with like zero years of winemaking experience. Straight up, I learned year one how right. to do this so like yeah like that was part of the process for sure figuring out what the fuck is going on figuring out all these different varieties and then now kind of honing it in for sure but yeah i, I god i don't want to give up on caps off man i feel like there's so nor much nor do i nor will you know? i right? i know like the hillsides here like this like Sockow smith ranch anything with any kind of gradient change like it doesn't even require being a hill like you could be mid valley but if there's a slope of sorts something to it, it looking looking in west east it doesn't like honestly there's examples of good stuff happening all over so, right you know, for the sake yeah. of identity though like, i think it works both ways if for cab franc and for cab solve both of those can work off each other yeah in, in, from a marketing perspective in terms of the messaging so well yeah because it's really about the next thousand acres that's planted that's, what that's, should it be like yeah. i'm into my family's into chardonnay cabernet merlot in this valley, right? I'm not walking away from that. And we do great across that. But it's that next, like, are we going to go out and fight the battle over Chardonnay and say that this is the place? No. Cabernet, no. But is it a great place? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So continue to fight that. But I think that Cab Franc thing, there's a little openness to it. Mm -hmm. And we do it so well. Right, mm -hmm. but yeah. we do cab well, we do shard well, like we do merlot well, like which are all like nice supporting pieces if visitors yeah. are coming because those are familiar. Right, but then this is our thing, right? Well, there it is. Um, all right, and I'm just looking forward to this coming off of the 2020 vintage of ten different wineries getting a couple tons off of the same vineyard of this cab franc, yeah. and then now there's like they go in like oh. Oh, right. And it's just something to hold on to, to continue to elevate and like have fun, collaborate, yeah. make quality and have authenticity. For and sure. authenticity comes in different ways, man. Right? Yeah, no doubt. I dig it. Well, folks, that about wraps it up. We've been Shit, doing we got mean, a lot in there. We got a lot in there. We talked about a bunch of stuff today. Carl, we always like to kind of last sentiment is yours. You know, I'll leave you with a, you know, finish it up. Call to action in relation to regional maturity. Measure P, most importantly, as this is a Monday edition before voting. Um, but where do you leave people with? What do you leave people with? Get out and vote and get out and vote every time that you can and know, you know, vote your heart and vote your conscience. And that's part of a democratic republic of the worst thing that can happen to a democratic republic is an inert citizenry. And our generation, at times we've been a little inert, right? And like the time is to continue to get out there and take part 
in this beautiful social experiment that is our democratic republic, like the three-piece stool that we have of our government, of the judicial, the legislative, and the executive. I know I'm going off on a tangent that you probably weren't like, is that how he's going to follow? But but it is like, be part of the government that allows this union to be, that allows us to be the, the type of culture, the type of region, the type of people, and the type of fundamental freedoms that we have. Peaceful transitions of government, peaceful transitions of power. Like, we should celebrate this and continue to work to make that happen, to make that part of who we are. So get out and vote. Be part of this democratic republic. Don't be on the sidelines. Don't be a nerd. Next, as it relates to Livermore, is celebrate the awesomeness, celebrate the quirkiness, celebrate the diversity, be part of it. Like we've got an awesome community, community of wine, community of food, community of scientists, community of artists, community of instrument makers, community of musicians, like be part of it as we go. And then to all the winemakers out there, let's continue to be better at what we do. Continue like high tide raises all ships. You know, everyone has their own style. No one's trying to define style of what you do. Be authentic in terms of what it is. Celebrate the authenticity. But at the same time, celebrate the quality, the betterness, the pursuit of this intangible, beautiful thing that we have. There's such a small percentage of the world's landmass that has the ability to grow high-quality vitis vinifera, and we are part of that. And with that goes this challenge towards how do you take those grapes and make phenomenal world-class wines? Because we have it here. There's a lot of folks doing it, and let's continue to work together to make our region better. Get out the boat. There it is. There it is. Damn. Enough said. Well, we appreciate you being here and spending some time with us. This Thank is an, y'all yeah, so much. This is an episode we've yeah, been excited shit, about. This right? is awesome. A few things that we have coming up in, in episodes to come. We have Robin Farr from uh, Visit Tri-Valley. We got Lamore Finkel of Winebow, formerly of Chambers, just an all-around sales guru. Um, we have Joyce Stavert coming in with a couple of Oakville hitters, um, the executive director of the Oakville Growers Association. So we got much more to talk about. And, Jimmy, keep sharing. Let's go. Let's go. Like, we're just getting started. good things happening here. It's talented people doing great things. Come out to Livermore Valley. Right. Come taste some wines. Let's do it. Appreciate you firing us up. Absolutely. Thank y'all. Do something right fucking now. Boom. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. And thank you, listeners. Take it easy. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the TTG Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at TTG underscore podcast and at Nottingham Cellars for all of the latest news and specials. Located on Vascoin Research next door to the Altamont Beer Works, our taste room is open to the public Thursday through Sunday from 12 to 4.30 or book an appointment Monday through Wednesday. Remember, wine is best shared, so don't forget to plan your next special event with us using the email reservations at NottinghamCellars.com. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. We'll see you next time. Because the episode was a little bit shorter this week, we decided to throw in something a little extra special. We took last year's debut of the TTG Anthem and went ahead and put it into this episode for your listening pleasures. Enjoy. Turn the bass up and slap. Hold up. Everybody's asking for it. Yeah. It's time for the world premiere of the TTG rap. Let's do this. Jamon Green, bout to get a little gritty. Got bars and guitars in the King of Shred City. J Troop and Ralphie, fucking shit up with your DRC in a solo cup. Nine, four, five, five.
got nothing but love. This passion for the mind in the sky above. Rose all day in a bottle or a can. Don't call me bougie. I'm a confident man. Seriously. Or else. Hold up. Wait, what? Salud.